0: Good morning, church. Let's give it up again for all the moms. Woo! We gotta love Mother's Day, right? Everybody comes all pretty, right? You gotta have your kids all dressed up so nice. Everybody at least thinks you can dress your kids so cute, right? I want you guys to just, um, all the moms, can you turn to your neighbor real quick? Just turn to your neighbor and tell them, if it wasn't for me, you would be the best looking person in this room today. (laughs) listen some of you might be up here thinking okay what is she doing up there and what has she done with Pastor Alex right listen I am a mom of five I know I think that's what made me come up here right (laughs) Pastor Alex and Judy are actually overseas they're in um where are they again Philippines, I know, Korea and Philippines, so now I'm like getting lost on where they are, but they're preaching today, and Pastor Alex called me and said, you know what, I feel like God has asked me to have you come up here, and I think it's because I have five kids, so that's all the credentials we need, right, I got five kids, listen, I have a master's degree in the culinary arts, Mm -hmm. not really, I can make some mean peanut butter and jelly sandwiches though. And I have a PhD in psychology, when you're like, what honey, what do you need? I don't get it, okay, what? Okay, do it again, okay, psychology, okay, I got this. All right, that's my PhD, and I am the official chaos coordinator in my house, yes. I am the chaos coordinator, and my awesome husband of 17 years, he's oblivious to all chaos. My son said he wants a shirt, my oldest, who's 14, um, he wants a shirt that says, the original chaos causer. <laughs> I think we need to get that made. So. Mother's Day is awesome, right? We love Mother's Day. Mothers are so, like, we all have our differences. We all have our things. I love watching those little videos of the kids because, like, every kid adores their mom. I don't care what your thing is. If you vaccinate, don't vaccinate. If you cloth diapers, you wear disposable diapers. Well, we don't wear them, but whatever. We give them to our kids, disposable diapers. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you, like, lock your baby in there crib for three months and don't let anybody touch them or anything, or you decide, like me, to take your baby right out of the hospital and head right to Chick-fil-A, okay? (laughs) That's the kind of mom I am. But it doesn't matter, because the awesomeest part is, they love us, right, because we're their moms. So I just wanna say, like, happy Mother's Day to everyone. And I know Mother's Day can be a little, little intense because we have um, people who are dreaming of being a mother one day, we have people who are moms, uh, we have people who maybe have lost a baby or a child. You've lost a mom. I know there's such a range in here. We have grandmas. Um, there's there's so much that happens on Mother's Day. I've talked to people who Mother's Day really is a tough day for them. And then I have mom people who are like, oh my gosh, my first Mother's Day. I'm so excited. So I just want you to relax, sit back. I know God's got an awesome word for us this morning. Um, but, you know, becoming a mom is really funny. Like kids... Like the minute I became a mom, you get your little baby and you're like, oh, you're so cute and like they're so yummy and they smell so amazing. Um, but the problem with that is like, we'll never sleep in again. Kind of like this meme right here. I have a few memes that are really funny. How do I put this? You're never gonna sleep in again. <laughs> they come out of the womb like, <laughs> right? <laughs> or maybe you're like me and your stay at home mom and even these work, working moms, You're like, see ya, your husband comes home, and you run, you run out the door. Sometimes though, I just need to escape. I need to get away, and I'm like, I'm heading to the bathroom, right? You're like, lock the door. Your kids do that? They're like, hello, are you in there? Where have you been? Like, really, I just got to the bathroom. Like, what, it's only been like five seconds. My little three-year-old will like, go, like lay on the floor like looking under. I'm like, really, you're only gonna see my toes here. Like, what are we doing? I'm, I'm right here, I'm with you, it's okay. Kids are hilarious. I don't know if any of you guys have seen the Hunger Games. Anybody seen the Hunger Games? I love the Hunger Games. But anyways, so is thing, like the thing with the Hunger Games is you have to like, when you see somebody else that's on your side, you do that, like, hey, we're on the same side. That's how I feel. Every time I'm in Target and that other mom has the kid like screaming on the floor because they wanted the gum, yeah, I'm like, girl, i get you. My kid was doing that yesterday, all right? Right, moms, it's it's fun being a mom. And it's fun to laugh because that's kind of like, you either laugh or you're gonna be crying in your closet, right, with your little box of chocolates, um, which hopefully the kids didn't steal beforehand. But anyways, being a mom is fun. Um, but I wanna just say that like, it's amazing. Motherhood is one of those things that like, it just defines you, It it, it just, changes your entire life like all of a sudden you have these little humans that like look up to you and you can pour all this stuff into them and it changes everything of who you are so motherhood is amazing I love I absolutely love being a mom and a mom of five it's a little crazy chaotic some of you might be like what in the world how on earth does this girl do it how does she manage Let me tell you. So there's a little saying out there that I used to always say now, it's like all over Hobby Lobby. All you need is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. But I just tweaked that up because really for me, I need a whole lot of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus, right? How many of y'all love coffee? Or like Pastor Alex, you need your green tea. Is that what he likes, his organic green tea? I really, I was gonna try that the other day because I was like, man, that man is like fit and has so much energy. I whatever his regimen is, I need to try that out. But kids are awesome. We um, Yes, we need a whole lot of coffee. And I need, sorry, really, I don't do this every day, just so you guys know. It's not like I'm like, oh, yes, preaching, of course. Pastor Alex, um, <laughs> Miss Judy called me and was like, hey, I just, you know, we, we really felt like we wanted you to share. We God's been laying you on Pastor Alex's heart, so would you would you do that for us? And I was like, Oh, of course! Like I hang up the phone and I'm like, Oh, I'm panicking! I'm like, Oh, Jesus, how am I going to do that? Like, I don't do this. So if I get off my notes or anything like that, you know, this isn't like my this isn't my day job. Okay, so what I want to tell you is. Jonathan and I, my husband um, and I, so we've got these five kids, we are a missions family. So we both grew up on the mission field. Um, When I was 10, he was 12, I met him. My family went down on a missions trip to Guatemala and his parents were the missionary. I took one look at him and I said, that man, I want him as my husband. But I figured that was like totally impossible. But I figured with God all things are possible. All right, and now I got him. So we um, grew up on the mission field. I ended up moving there with my family. We were missionary. I was a missionary kid, missionary kid. Uh, ended up getting married. We moved to Guatemala. Um, we, I, uh, our oldest, who's now 14, he was two months old when we moved to Guatemala. And so we move into this base camp that's like a little rough around the edges. We lived in a village. We lived there for four and a half years. And it was a little interesting. So we, you know, it's in a village. There's like dirt roads everywhere, really run down, kind of moldy, musty building, like our little house. Um, And we have this little apartment. It was kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it's sort of like dormitory style, and then we have a little apartment. So it's this little one bedroom, and we have the baby's crib in there, and then our bed, we're all in one room, and okay. So we have water about an hour every day. Um, if we're lucky, some weeks they would just decide, like, hey, we don't want to turn the water on. I would literally would be like, I need to figure out who has the key to the water, and I'm going to go find them and be like, turn that water on or else. Like, this mom's got to do laundry, right? And so they would turn the water on at, like, 5.30 in the morning, and like, who has time to get up at 5.30 and wash clothes for an hour? Not me. Okay, so they have that. We have our roof. that's a tin roof, and that roof would just, like, fly off. Periodically during storms, like just crazy. There was one time it flew off, it's like flooding a room. And I called Jonathan, who's out with the team, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the roof is gone and like the house is flooding. And he's like, okay, honey, just calm down. God's got to figure it out. And I was like, the roof, it's not on the house. <laughs> he's like did you find the pieces to it oh yes I'm out in the storm looking for the metal pieces like no but that's the kind of guy he is I love it God knew he needed calm for my like high, crazy I'm a little wild so the the roof would always fly off but the worst of it all were the rats yes so if you're picturing cute little field mice they were not they were like Big, nasty rats. And so we had rats everywhere. It would be like the you know, like, all over the roof, and then you'd walk in after, like, a nice little something, whatever we do, like, go for a walk in the village and then come in, and, like, rats would be, like, scurrying from underneath the bed and, like, the sheets, not under the bed, like, in the sheets and, like, jump on the floor and, like, thud and, like, oh, my gosh, there's a rat in the room. Okay, gross. And then I'd go lay the baby down and, like, oh, let me, hold on, I'm gonna brush all the little rat droppings off. Hold on. (laughs) Gotta get it ready for you, sweetie. (laughs) <laughs> thank, thank goodness I didn't have Pinterest back then or I would have been weeping and be like, look at all the pretty baby rooms. <laughs> like, hold on while I brush the rat poop off. <laughs> so as any normal woman, I'm having like major panic moments a few times, you know, every month, like, oh my gosh, like, why are we living here? <laughs> I'm sure God could use us elsewhere in like that pretty little house, you know? down in like Antiqua village that's a little nicer. And um, so Jonathan would always tell me, no, no, listen, I feel like God's got us here for a reason. So just relax, like God's got this. Like yeah, right, God's got this, are you kidding me? Like I'm sick of brushing the rat poop and like I have no water, my ribs flying on, like what? And so he would always tell me, listen, I want you to go outside, go look at the neighbors and if you can tell me we're worse off, we'll move. Oh, and I would march outside like, oh, you've got to be kidding me, because I knew that the neighbors had dirt floor, they had cornstalk walls, and they had rusted metal roofs that leaked, and so I would look out there and be like, oh, God, and the Philippians 4.13 would always come to my mind that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so I would always repeat that in my mind, like, okay, Jesus, help me, and so one day as I'm, I'm reading through that verse, I read, uh, I, it's like God showed me the, the scripture before it, Philippians 4, 12, that says, I found the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in need or you have plenty. And I said, God, that's it, I need the secret. Like, you said there's a secret, but then you don't tell me the secret. Like, so what's the secret? And I remember, like, searching the Bible, like, okay, Jesus, please, I need the secret because I'm really not content, and I really just want to get out of here. And so I feel like God showed me this verse in Proverbs, um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Um, This is out of the Message Bible. Absolutely amazing. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And God said to me, you know what the secret is? Trust. Just trust me. You don't have to figure it all out. Don't wonder why I have you here. See, it was the rats that taught me to trust. It was the rats that taught me to be content. I said, thank you, Jesus, for bringing those rats into my life, because if it wasn't for those rats, I don't think I could be content. I don't think I would be as content as I am. You know, where you can just have a smile on your face and be like, I don't know why my house just flooded. I don't know why that just happened. I don't know why my car just broke down. But you know what? God's got this, right? God's got this. You guys, you feel the same way? Amen. Amen. So as a missions family, we travel a lot. We have our missions base in Guatemala, and then we also have a missions camp in El Salvador, uh, right on the beach, pretty exciting. I love that one. Um, Jonathan loves to surf. It's pretty awesome that God totally knew the desires of his heart and gave us that camp. And we also, we've gone to Puerto Rico and different places. Um, But about four years ago, God had asked us to go to Spain. And so um, we traveled to Spain with the four kids. Um, What I didn't mention in the last service is we actually went there on standby. Have you guys, anybody ever flown standby? That's just like a really four kids, stand by, really, what were we thinking, it was way cheaper, but oh my gosh, the stress level, we're like, please, let us get on the plane, I just, please, I'll sit in the toilet, okay. (laughs) So we finally, we get to Spain, we get over there, we're having, you know, we're excited, people would always say, okay, so you know where you're gonna stay, like, no, and you know what, you know, you have a vehicle, no, and you know, like, like, your itinerary, like, not really. So what on earth? It was like, well, God asked us to go, so here we are. We're going. And so I love how God always has it all planned out. So what we didn't realize, if you've been to Spain before, you'll know that the the population, um, the the children in Spain, there's about one for every one child for every two couples. So really, there's like no kids. And they're like anybody that would see us. So we have our four. Back then, we only had four kids, and we have five. Oh my! And so. So we have four kids and they're all like little ducklings and we're like walking down the street and like all these people would literally like slam on the brakes, roll their window down, like, hey, are all those kids yours? That lady's crazy. Oh my goodness, so it was pretty funny. But what we didn't realize when we were looking for little apartments, uh, here in the States, we can have rules like you no know, pets, you know, things like that. Like, okay, only cats or only dogs. Or, okay, what I didn't realize in Spain is you can do no kids say what I was like isn't that illegal like I don't think you can do that so I'd be like yeah well we have four kids like oh no we don't do that click okay next one I'm like okay I, I mean I have one kid like plus three <laughs> like no okay so finally we find this place and the guy's like oh that's fine you have kids I was like what are we having- he's allowing okay yes we'll take it so we get it and we all are in there and we're like oh it's like a 400 square foot apartment If you're needing a little visual on that, have you been to Ikea and you've seen those tiny little apartments that they have set up? Yeah, and you're always like, who lives in something so tiny? Like, give me a break. Okay, yeah, those were like deluxe compared. So we had one room, a living room, and the living room turned into bedroom at night, pull out couch, pack and play, lay a mat on the floor. We made it work. And so I kinda half went prepared to like homeschool. Any homeschool moms in the house? Like seriously, pat that woman on the back. They are awesome. Seriously, that is a gift from God. I don't know how you do it, seriously, because I was like, all right guys, we're all gonna homeschool today. Everybody get out your little books. And they're like So then I'm like having them read, and I was like, okay, this is what we're gonna do now. And I'm telling telling my oldest, okay, this is how you do that. And he's like, no, no, see, my teacher said. I was like, no, see, I'm the teacher now. Yeah, that didn't go over well. So I was like, okay, everybody put your books away. We're gonna go find you a school. So I put all the kids in school. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I put all the kids in school over there. It's Spanish school. I'm like, be content in any and every situation, right? So they all go to school and um, and I'm at home and this, before we left for Spain, I had started feeling this kind of like stirring in my heart. Like there's gotta be something more, you know? And being a mom is absolutely fantastic, right? Like, I love it, and everybody tells us, mom, you know, your, your children are your first ministry. That's, that is your ministry. That's what God has asked you to do, and absolutely, it is our first calling, right? We take care of our spouse. We take care of our children, pray over them, but I feel like God has something more for us, too, because I think as a mom, you can kind of feel like you've lost yourself in a way. I don't know if you feel that way, but I know amongst my friends, we've talked, and Like, you sort of feel like something in you, you kind of lose yourself a little bit. I was a nurse before I had children. And so now when I tell my kids that I'm, you know, I was like, oh, I'm a nurse. They're like, yeah, you like put Band-Aids on us. I'm like, yeah, okay, yes, that is basically what I do now. But I do have my license, come on now. And so something in us kind of can feel lost. And so you can sort of feel like, wow, really, God? Like, is this it? Like, am I just supposed to be like just a mom, I hate that word. Like when people are like, oh, you're just a mom, you're like, listen lady, (laughs) let me tell you what I do. (laughs) Okay, so, but being a mom, it's like you can kind of feel like trapped in a sense of like wow God how are you gonna use me how can I do anything I'm like just a mom like what am I gonna how is God ever gonna use me and so I'd already been feeling that stirring and so as we traveled to Spain I was like God like there's got to be something more There, there you know like you have to have something and so as I'm in this little 400 square foot apartment I'm remember we have no car so we're walking a mile and a half to drop kids off a mile and a half back it's really fun like definitely was fit after Spain. So we, um, we Jonathan would travel and meet different pastors during the day and he was working on his master's degree and so he was doing his thing. And so I was at home with the baby who's now not the baby anymore, but whatever. Okay, so he, um, he was little and he would watch these little DVDs. So we had like one of those little, like a, You know what I'm talking about? I can't even think what it's called, but the little portable ones that are like so tiny and you're like, really? Can you really see that? It's like an iPhone 5 size. And so we have five DVDs, no TV, no internet, no nothing. And I was like, all right, God, it's me and you and this baby and this DVD player. and like, I want you to speak to me. Like, please, God, you've got to speak to me. Jonathan would come back and be like, man, powerful word. God spoke to me today. And I was watching this video of this pastor. And like, I was like, oh, that's so neat. I watched, like, Toy Story. That was awesome. And I folded laundry. That's cool. And so, so he would be going. And I was like, God, please speak to me. Please speak to me. And I love how God works, Right totally comes to our level. He comes to where we're at, our situation, what we're going through, and he speaks to us in our language. So he started speaking to me through my kids' Disney movies. And he's like, girl, you can go to infinity and beyond. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so one day my kids are... are um, they're, they're watching shows, and I'm like anytime they'd be watching something, I was like, wow, it's like God began to speak to me. And as I'm desperate and I'm like, God, what is my purpose? And, and what do you have for me? And God began to show me in, in Mark. If you want, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app. Is that the other one? I don't have that thing. I should get that one, right? The Bible app. Whatever it is, just turn to Mark. Mark chapter. Shoot, I forgot, chapter five. Mark chapter five, verse 25. Um, and it's talking about the woman with the issue of blood. So I just wanna read this quickly to you and just we'll just share a little bit about how God was speaking to me. So it says, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. That's a long time, 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And so God began to show me, honey, you're just like that girl with the issue of blood. You're desperate, and that's all you need is a touch from Jesus. And so I said, thank you, God. Like, I just was reading that, and as I'm reading that, Rapunzel comes on. And God's like, this is it. Modern day, woman with the issue of blood. Anybody here seen Rapunzel? I love that movie. So Rapunzel is basically the daughter of the princess. She's a princess, daughter of the king, and she is um, kidnapped by the evil Mother Gothel. Mother Gothel thinks she's gonna, like, take her, and... Um, trap her in this tower because she has healing powers and whatever, okay, it's, it's Disney, okay, people? So <laughs> anyway, so she's stuck in this tower there for 18 years as she's trapped in this tower and Mother Gotha's telling her all these negative things like, hey, no, no, I actually have you here because I'm keeping you safe. See, there's bad people out there and you can't get out of here because, which is total lie, right? And so she has all these lies telling her that she can't get out, but as she looks out the window, once a year on her birthday, the king would... Um, send off these little floating lights and it was to draw her back home because he knew like, oh, maybe she'll start to realize like, hey, those are for her. So she would look out the window and she felt this drawing like, maybe I should get out of my, my tower. Like I need to go see what that is. I don't know what it is, but I need to go see. And so like literally as I'm, I'm not watching. Remember, I'm folding laundry and cooking and whatever, but I can hear it. And it was like God said to me, you are Rapunzel you feel trapped in your tower, and you feel like you can't get out. And the enemy has told you, you can't do that, you're a mom. You can't do that, you're a girl. How can God use you? Like who are you that you think God can use you? And I realized that my tower had become my children. A tower to me is your comfort zone. So my comfort zone had become my kids. People ask me, oh hey, could you do this? Oh, I have kids. That's really, honestly, the best excuse ever. If you ever need out of something, my kids, right? Okay, but truly, I had begun to, to say like, oh no, well see, I have kids, and oh, I don't think I can do that, because I mean, I have four kids. And like now, I'm like, five kids? Are you kidding me? How could God ever use me? And so I felt like I was trapped in this tower, and the enemy had been telling me, you can't do that. Don't you remember, like you, you can't get up in front of people, you're totally nervous, and I'm like, totally like stage fright. Who would have known, right? Yes, and so here I am, I'm, I'm, I feel like God had started sending out these floating lights in my life, and I was looking out my tower, and I was like, oh, but God has something there. Oh, but I'm so stuck right here, but, I, but isn't this all I'm supposed to be doing is just just being this awesome mom and pouring, and that's what's awesome about moms, is we can do more than just pour into our children, and we can, we can be world changers. We pray that our children would be world changers, right? But as a mom, we can be world changers. Not only are we empowering our children, but we can step out of our tower and chase after those floating lights that God has been shooting out to us and say, you know what, God? Uh, I'm chasing after you. Just like this woman with the issue of blood. When we look back at her, all the crowd was like, stay back there, you got a problem. You have an issue. Don't. You don't need to. No, no, no. Don't just stay back there. And she's thinking, Oh my gosh, like I who I can't do anything. I have this, like I'm bleeding. Hello, we can't do anything when we're like not feeling good or whatever it might be. And she's tried everything. Now she's broke. She doesn't trust anybody because all these doctors, that, from what the scripture says that I read, it is that the doctors basically were like, Oh, here, let's try this medicine. Oh sure. Oh yeah, I'll take your money. Great. It's like they had all used her and abused her. Now she doesn't trust, she doesn't have anything. Who am I, how can I, what, oh my word. But she stepped out and she said, you know what, I can't. These doctors can't, but I know that man right there. That Jesus right there, I know he can. And that's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. He wants to pull us out of our tower. He wants to say, you know what, honey? I got better things for you. I have things that can take you Right now, you feel trapped, but I'm not going to let you feel trapped. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to give you a destiny that I dreamed of for you, right? (laughs) After Spain, um, we went back to Guatemala and El Salvador, and we were... I think based out of Orlando by then. Uh, we base out of here and we travel back and forth. Um, so we were in El Salvador at a cancer hospital, which actually um, we were able to, uh, I don't know, it was several years ago, we had uh, an opportunity to go into this cancer hospital and begin to love on these children. And we would bring uh, teams from the states uh, in and just give them candy and love on them. And um, so one particular day we were there, Jonathan actually had this little girl, Natalie, on her lap. Um, And you can show that picture of her. And she's uh, just sitting on his lap, the sweetest thing, totally bald, going through chemo, um, and a smile on her face. Like she had learned to be content. You know what? I don't know what's going on, but I know that God's got this, right? And so she was the sweetest thing. We just love Natalie. She's actually completely 100% healed right now, which is totally awesome. Yes. Yes. But this little Natalie, God used her to just speak a, a word in, into our hearts, and he began to say, uh, so Jonathan's got her on her, his lap, and he's like, God, I just really feel like there's got to be something more we can do for these kids. We come in here, you know, week after week, and we love on them. We give them candy. We color with them, and uh, we just bring them a little bit of joy, but what more could we do? And so he looked at the nurses, and he said, hey, who has, who's giving these kids wigs? And so as he um, sees that, he's like... Uh, the, the nurse says to him, oh, no, we, nobody does that kind of thing here. Like, this is, we don't do that. And he's like, nobody? I mean, are you kidding? These little girls, they have, uh, in, in El Salvador, culturally, your hair is like your identity. And when they lose their hair, they just kind of feel like, please don't look at me. I've, I've lost everything. And even little three-year-olds, two, three-year-olds, I mean, they all kind of just cover their head. And they're so embarrassed. And so he said, listen, he looked at Natalie, and he said, I promise you right now that when I come back next time, I'm gonna bring you a wig. And when that man promises something, he always follows through. And so he came home and he starts calling and we're calling and hey, what? And like who knew wigs are like super expensive? I had no idea, okay? So like $5,000 or more for a good quality human hair wig, had no idea. So he's calling around, asks people, you know, some of the companies here in the States that donate, and they only donate stateside. And so we said, well, what else could we do? And he goes, you know what? I'm going to grow out my hair, and you love to, like, crochet hats and sew. So you could just, like, sew up my hair and, like, weave it into the hat. I was like, like who can do that? No, I don't think so do that. And so it's so funny because on this side, I'm telling him like, no way, I can't do that. And on this side, I'm like, God, please use me. God, I want to be used by you. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. And over here, I'm like, please, God, where are you? Hello, I want to be used. And so, so funny how that happens. And so finally the day comes, he hands me his hair. I sew up his hair, totally crazy God thing. And the whole time I'm like, please, God, let this like somehow make this work. And so I, I crochet a little hat and just We put a little strip of hair inside the hat. Sounds super simple, right? But it's amazing how God can take something so simple and when his anointing is on it, it can change the world, right? So we uh, go back, we give these little, these are the first three wigs that we made, um, all with Jonathan's hair, these wigs. And so we we bring them to the little girls and like the before and after is just, (laughs) it's awesome. You see them before, and they're so sad and forlorn, and then you see them after, and it just like, it brings tears to your eyes. Because you see them, they just touch their hair, and so all of a sudden, they saw how this sacrificial, he's got his head shaved, and they're like, wow, wait, you gave your hair for me? And it's like, just like that, we have an end to say, and you know what? Jesus gave his life for you. Just like that, right? Just from a simple wig, just a simple message. But God can, with God, everything is possible, right? So what's crazy is through all this, we have this lady, we've had all these open doors. This lady calls us, hey, my boss really wants to meet with you. Can you meet with us? We, you know, we're all like, oh, okay, great. We're all in like our little missionary clothes and like our cute little long skirts and whatever and like messy bun and okay, and we got all the kids and we show up and we're like, oh, hi who's the boss and we're like okay it seems like secret service or something and we're like who is this lady and so come to find out the boss is the former first lady of El Salvador and she had wanted to talk to us because she had recently had cancer and when she went into the cancer hospital to visit all these kids were talking about Wigs of Hope and how they just were transformed and oh my goodness and they had just the doctor was like this this place right here Wigs of Hope truly gives hope to these children. And so she said, I wanna meet with these people and I want this to be nationwide, nationwide. So now she does, a, one day uh, every year, she does a hair cutting day and all, the, haircut, all the, cut, the hair donations come to us, which is totally crazy, completely crazy. And through that um, press conference, which is really what this was, the meeting was not like a cute little back room, like, hey, coffee, no, it was like, press conference. We walk in. There's like cameras in my face. I got a baby on my hip. They're like, oh, so where are your weeks of Hope factories? I was like, oh, my kitchen table. And <laughs> Jonathan's behind me like, tell them we're international, like El Salvador, Guatemala, and United States. I'm like, really? It's like, the truth is like, I'm on my kitchen table doing this thing. So Um, It's just crazy how God can do that. He ended up speaking in front of all these cameras, the press, news, and doing, on live TV, um, just sharing the message of hope and how Jesus is our answer. Jesus is the answer, all from this little wig and how God can do that, right? (laughs) Mother Teresa, um, she has this quote, I love this. It says, I alone cannot change the world but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. Even though we feel like supermoments sometimes, but superwomen and whatnot, um, we can't really change the world. But when the little things and the little things that we do, when we step out of our tower, when we step out into the crowd and we chase Jesus, that's what changes the world. That's what changes the world, chasing after Jesus. All this, All these things, all these little things, the rats and the, you know, going to Spain and these wigs and all this stuff, God has given us favor, which is crazy. And we're actually on the verge of starting an orphanage. I know, I feel a little like, wow, God, how on earth? And the minute I wanna question him, I go back to that verse that says, don't try to figure it out all on your own. Just trust him, just trust him. I have no idea how he's going to make that work. But I go, you know what, God? I didn't think I could sew wigs, but God. I didn't think that this was possible, but God. And you know what? I just finally stood back and said, all right, Lord, I get it. Like, I'll just watch you work. Because it's the minute we try to get involved, that's when things go a little crazy, right? So I feel like today, if God's asking you to do something, trust him. What is it he's asking you to do? Are you, are you like me back with the rats and God's just trying to teach you to be content, to put a smile on your face and do life with joy? Are you also like me with that, and You're the woman with the issue of blood and you're like desperate, you're like how can I get out of this? How can I be healed from this? And I just, I want more. I feel like, you know, Pastor Alex said uh, uh, A while ago he had mentioned something about, sometimes we just need the Holy Spirit to come in and rewire our brain. Because sometimes the way that we think and the words that we've accepted as our own, which really are the lies of the enemy, we need to just go, you know what, Holy Spirit, take over. Rewire my brain, change me, make me more like you. And today I wanna challenge you to step out. Get out of your tower. Step out of your comfort zone and chase Jesus like the woman with the issue of blood. She pressed through the crowd and all the negative and the people and the, everything that it, this box that people had, had, had put her in. You know, we can feel like we're in a box as a mom, like, well, we're, you know, we're a mom, we can't, well, we can't because we have. Step out of that box. God wants to use you. Step out of that box, mom. Step out of that box, dad. Whoever you are, step out and let God use you. Let God, let God take you to a new level. And it's when we step out that miracles happen. It's when we step out and we chase Jesus, that's when the miracles happen. That's when God says, you know what? I wanna use you. You trust in me, I'm using you. You're content, I'm gonna use you. You have a smile on your face, I wanna use you. Did I ever in a million years think that God would use me? Never. I could barely even do like offering without like, mm, you wanna give to Jesus but you know what when we give ourselves to God and say you know what Lord take over it's him who's in us right we have all these self-help mom books how to get your baby to sleep how to feed your kid the perfect way every bottle to use right the like air bottle I don't know there's so many things out there right now and all these little you know mom things if you do this this and this that's how you get a man of God If you do this, this, and this, that's what's going to help your child to stop throwing tantrums. You know what? This is all we need, right here. This is all we need. You may be wondering how you can help today. Maybe you feel like God has stirred your heart. Maybe you're like, you know what? I want to sow a seed into this ministry. And we have—we actually have a booth right in the back. You can either come and you know, in touch with us there. Um, But. Sow a seed, know that your seed today is gonna change hundreds of children, not just in El Salvador, Guatemala. Our dream is to go to the world, to reach more and more children for God. And I also make these little headbands, I love to sew, and I thought, you know, what can I do to help bring in donations, to bring in funding to help with our wigs, to create these? So I make these cute little turban headbands that are so fun, Um, I have them out in that booth If you see them, they're so cute. I love them, I wear them every day. You put that little top knot up, you put that on, and it looks like you did your hair. Okay, and for any dad out there that you're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to get my wife something. Ah, That's a good gift, okay? Your wife will love it. But listen, God really and truly, he has something for you today. And don't let the enemy keep you in a box. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy try to tell you that you can't. I want you to step out today and watch God change your destiny. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for having me this morning.